everybody. Happy Solemnity of Christ the King and the end of another liturgical year. Um, this is Encuentro. Um, next Sunday is the first Sunday of Advent. Um, I'm once again going to attempt to restart my podcast. Um, but before anything else, I'd, I'd like to, uh, to begin, as I always do, with the uh, prayer of St. Francis. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, make me a means of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, let me bring joy. Divine Master, grant that I may seek not so much to be consoled, but to console. Not so much to be understood, but to understand. Not so much to be loved, but to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in forgiving that we are forgiven, and it is in dying to ourselves that we are born to eternal life. Amen. It's been quite a while since my uh, my last podcast. I have been, as I have shared with you guys before, dealing with a host of health issues. Um, my voice, uh, I, I, I hope that I'm able to finish the podcast without my voice getting really hoarse and, and bad. Uh, I, as you guys probably know, uh, I am now in a, in a beautiful parish, a wonderful place with wonderful people. Uh, it's called Santa Ursula here in, in Binangonan Rizal. It's a, it's a gym. It's a gym. Uh, if you haven't been to this place, come over and, and, and see the beautiful church. The parish is 400 years old. The church is over 200 years old. and The people are just amazing people. They're really great they're really great folks, and uh, uh, I, I, I couldn't be happier. Uh, tomorrow I get to uh, do uh, my first Eucharistic procession in a parish, you know, as a, as a, as a priest in a parish. And so I'm really psyched. I'm, I'm really excited. I've done Eucharistic processions in seminary before, but this is the first time I'm actually going to be able to do it with, you know, with parishioners. So I, I'm really excited about it. Um, Tomorrow's uh, solemnity, of course, is uh, the solemnity of uh, Christ the King. And our gospel reading for tomorrow is from St. Luke, chapter 23, verses 35 to 43. The ruler sneered at Jesus and said, He saved others. Let him save himself. If he is the chosen one, the Christ of God. Even the soldiers jeered at him. As they approached to offer him wine, they called out, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Above him there was an inscription that read, This is the king of the Jews. Now one of the criminals hanging there reviled Jesus, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. The other, however, rebuking him, said in reply, Have you no fear of God? For you are subject to the same condemnation, and indeed we have been condemned justly. For the sentence we received corresponds to our crimes. But this man has done nothing criminal. Then he turned to Jesus and said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus replied to him, Amen, I say to you, this day you will be with me in paradise. It is perhaps one of the strangest things about Jesus that the, the very last recorded exchange of words 
that he had before he died was a conversation not with a decent and respectable person, but with a criminal, with Demas, the thief. Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom, Demas says. To which this crucified king replies, Amen, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Perhaps Jesus was just being consistent, no? Simply being himself, merely being true to what he had been sent by his father to do. After all, you know, lest we forget, the very first words that came out of his mouth, hmm? the very first utterance from his lips when he began his ministry were, I was sent to bring glad tidings to the poor. I was sent to bring glad tidings to the poor. You know, how often do we, his followers, forget that? All throughout his life, it was to them that he felt especially close. The poor, the hungry, the sick, the sorrowing, the lonely, the lost, the unclean, the unacceptable, the shunned, the forsaken, all those at the margins of society. And he tells us that at the end of of our life, there will be one and only one litmus test of our commitment to him. Nothing else. I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. Naked and you clothed me. I was in prison and you visited me. Come then, you have been blessed by my Father. Inherit the kingdom I have prepared for you from the creation of the world. How often do we forget? Tomorrow, Sunday, we celebrate the solemnity of Christ the King. But what kind of king? You know, not the kind we too often celebrate. Of course he conquered sin. Of course Jesus was victorious over death. Of course, he reigns in the hearts and minds of those who seek to follow him. And yet, sadly, our imagery is often mired in the very kind of kingship that Jesus rejected and asked his own disciples to shun. You know, when I was in seminary, when I was new in seminary, I will never forget what my old spiritual director said to me, partly in jest, perhaps, though it was hiding a reality he probably found rather uncomfortable perhaps even inconsistent. We were walking around and, and for some strange reason, Father John just says, you know, tomorrow's Christ the King. He says, and then he says, notice all the gold and shiny things in the sanctuary tomorrow. And, he, you know, he said that with a grin. I mean, Father John never jokes, you know. He was a, he was a philosopher. He was always very serious. But, but th th that day, I don't know why, he just said that. He says, notice all the gold and shiny things in the sanctuary tomorrow. I knew what Father John meant. I see it to this day. Jesus was a different kind of king. You know, and yet, how often do we forget? You know, the closest I ever got to seeing a real king was when I was a student in Belgium. You know, I saw the funeral of King Baudouin, who was somewhat of a personal hero of mine. He was a very devout and faithful Catholic. You know, on April 4, 1990, when the Belgian government passed legislation to legalize abortion, 
Budhuan declared that he could not, in conscience, sign the law. So he, he decided to abdicate rather than agree with something his faith and his conscience told him was simply wrong. And so he abdicated the throne. He refused to sign the law. The Belgian parliament passed the law without him. You know, but because of their tremendous respect and love for him, they reinstated him as king the very next day. And admiration for the man just, just grew. During Baudouin's funeral in August of 1993, something even more unusual happened. You know, there were several eulogies that were made by heads of state and close personal friends at the end of the, the Mass at the cathedral. The most memorable, however, was done by a woman who stood up at the cathedral pulpit and said to everybody was there, heads of state, kings and queens of Europe and kings and queens and potentates from across the globe. She stood there at the cathedral pulpit and said, I was a prostitute. You know, you could hear the entire congregation gasping almost. I mean, whose idea was it to pick her to give a eulogy? And then the woman spoke of how she came to Belgium looking for a job in order to provide for her poor family. But she instead found herself sold into prostitution. King Baudouin learned about her case and saved her. You know, while her story was compelling, you, you could tell people were uneasy that a former prostitute was standing there in front of them, telling them how thankful she was to their king, who to her was simply this, this kind man who had rescued her. You know, men of dignity and power do not normally associate with those kinds of people. You know, I can tell you that it was even more of an uneasy moment for me to listen to her speak. Why? Because she was from the Philippines. She was a Filipina. You know, we ourselves don't want to be, normally at least, we don't want to be associated in any way with people like that. And yet, Baudouin was a different kind of king. You know, he was, he was more like Jesus in today's gospel. And I guess only real kings can do what they did. You know, in life, Jesus associated with sinners tax collectors, prostitutes, lepers, and the other undesirable persons in society, those that we call the riffraff, if you will. He always looked out for those who were lost. And in the final moment of his life, the last person he chose to associate with was an outcast. The parable of the last judgment puts before us and celebrates a totally different kind of king, you know. One who refused to identify himself with the powerful, the wealthy, and the self-righteous of this world. But with the poor, the sinner, and the undesirable. The life of Jesus, his death as well, they turn the worldly idea of kingship on its head and, and demolishes it completely, at least for those who wish to identify themselves as his true followers. The solemnity of Christ the King reminds us that a lot of times, Jesus reveals himself in persons and in circumstances we least expect to find him. 
concealing himself in those we sometimes find unlovable. The outcasts of this earth are his sacraments, veiling him in the abjectness of their condition. Consider the revealing twist in the, in the parable of the last judgment, something that that's seldom noticed even in homilies. You know, the gulf that separated the righteous from the unrighteous on judgment day, that thing that made them so different from each other, was paradoxically one and the same. We sometimes fail to realize that. Both the sheep and the goats failed to recognize that it was the king they were helping. They both failed to recognize that it was Jesus they were aiding. Sometimes we think, well, you know, the, the, the sheep knew it was Jesus, the goats didn't. No, no. Both of them didn't realize it was Jesus. And so they were the same. You know, but whereas the righteous helped despite their failure of recognition, the unrighteous failed to help precisely because of their failure to recognize. Whereas the, the former, you know, would have aided, you know, the goats would have aided, or I'm sorry, the, the cat has been meowing like crazy. Um, whereas the, the, uh, the sheep, the righteous, would have aided even if it had not been Christ. Goats, the unrighteous, would have helped only if it had in fact been Christ. Only if they were sure it was Him. You know, what makes us acceptable to the King on the day when we shall see Him face to face is not how strongly we fastened ourselves to Him in this life. You know, but how strongly we fastened ourselves to those in whom He dwelt hidden from our eyes. Let me repeat that. What makes us acceptable to the king on the day when we shall see him face to face is not how strongly we fastened ourselves to him in this life. He knows that. But how strongly we fastened ourselves to those in whom he dwelt hidden from our eyes. The poor are the incognitos of Christ, veiling his glory with their pained and suffering humanity. You know, each time we wipe their tears, we bind their wounds and make life a little better for them. It is Jesus' tears we wipe, his wounds that we bind, and it is his life that we continue here and now. And so we have to open our not only our eyes, but, but especially our hearts. For Jesus is there in, in the poor, in the needy, in the sorrowing, in the outcast, the unloved, in the unlovable, in the difficult, in the pained, and in the wounded. He is there in anyone who is in need. He's in that difficult co-worker to try to be kind to. You know, he's in your spouse when, when he or she has had a bad day and isn't being his or her best self. He's in your children, even when they act up or disobey. He's in that student of mine who's having a tough time in class or is indifferent <coughs> or, 
or is even disruptive. He's in your teenage son or daughter who often finds his or her stage in life confusing. He's in your mom or dad who's having a rough time and sometimes just couldn't tell you what he or she is going through. He's in that superior or parishioner who's giving you a hard time. He is in that poor family. You might consider giving some cheer during the coming holidays. Christ the King identified himself with the lowliest of the low so that we in turn can identify him in one another, especially the weakest among us. And he identifies himself with the weakest among us so that one day, when we see him face to face, he can say to us, to each one of us, I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was in prison and you visited me. Come then, you who have been blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For whatsoever you have done to the least of my brothers and sisters, this you have done unto me.